Thanks for listening to the Doug Gottlieb Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday, 3 to 6 Eastern, 12 to 3 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for the Doug Gottlieb Show at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR. Now let's get this party started. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. What up with you, Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. Hope you're having a great day. The Doug Gottlieb Show broadcast live from sunny Southern California. And we're brought to you by Bet Rivers Sportsbook. Bet Rivers is the trusted name in online sports betting. Got to be 21, President Colorado, Illinois, Indiana, or Pennsylvania to play. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Um, all right, we have got, we've got to that kind of breaking point, right? Got to that breaking point with the Lakers. So here's what happened. Last night, the Lakers are playing at home. They still don't have uh, Anthony Davis back um, as he's coming off of an MCL sprain. They did have LeBron James. They had essentially their entire lineup outside of him. They don't have COVID protocol dudes ever. Uh, And they get beat by the Indiana Pacers, who are not only not a good team, a team that is really kind of trading off pieces and thinking thinking about moving on towards next year. And they're a terrible road team. But teams get up to play LeBron. Teams get up to play the Lakers. They get beat by the Indiana Pacers. The Lakers do at home. But the notable piece was that Russell Westbrook did not play late in the fourth quarter when the Lakers were trying to mount a comeback. Here's Frank Vogel on why he didn't use Westbrook late. Frank, you um, opted to go uh, with Russ on the bench at the end of the game. What were you what, 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 were, what were you looking for there? What was the thinking behind that, behind that choice? Yeah, playing the guys I thought were going to win the game. So... Look, in in any other situation or in a normal, like on a normal team, like, hey, look, it's we got 82, 82 of them. And by the way, Frank could have said, we got 82 of them. Tonight was a night where I just didn't feel like he was at his best. But there's a reason that Frank didn't use those words, right? There is, this is, there's, it, this tensions have been boiling over. I told you guys a week, a week and a half ago, they played Memphis at home. They're down 30. He gets taken out and he leaves the bench. That's a note. You don't leave the bench. And he was waiting for the game to be over in the tunnel. Uh, then he, he was back on the bench. They go on a 16-0 run. They're not going to win, but at least made it competitive. And he's one of two guys, Malik Monk, the other, not cheering for teammates. It's not good. It's not, not how anybody rolls. And when you're a star player, more is expected of you. Right? So LeBron James, of course, is left because Russell Westbrook bailed, didn't want to talk to the media. Here's LeBron James when asked about how Russell reacted in the locker room. How was Russ after the game? Is that the sort of thing that bothers him? Have you followed Russ throughout his career? (laughs) Not as close as you have, probably. Okay. Have you followed Russ throughout this season? Yeah. Yeah. Would you think that would bother Russ not being in the late game? I would imagine. Okay. Great answer. Can I me on that? I mean, yeah, you should quote yourself. <laughs> yeah. You guys want to quote us all the time, quote yourself. Um, I, look, I, I thought it was great from, from LeBron from that standpoint. And he did say, hey, the coaches have been great on this thing. I'm not here to crap on anybody. He, like, LeBron did a great job of being the, my name's Bennett and I ain't in it. Right? And he painted the picture of, yeah, Russ is mad. Now, could there have been... He was upset, but it's, you know, we talked after the game. It's just one game. And this is, on, on the other hand, a way of, of LeBron's leadership. 
LeBron has never owned that he brought Russell Westbrook to the Lakers, even though seemingly everybody, I don't think it's of the level of influence that some people think. Like, I don't think it was LeBron saying it's Russell Westbrook. He's the guy. Like, he's not the, the GM. Rob Polink is. But I think he has a hefty influence. And I think that he was, he was asked, like, all right, who do you think's the guy as they needed? You know, they needed another shot creator. And they, and they got one. They, they got one that way. But I was, I was, I was thinking of Frank Vogel and I was thinking of the movie Hoosiers. And I was, I, I basically him answering that question felt like, do you guys remember the scene early in the movie when Gene Hackman's character, you know, had one player who wasn't coachable, wasn't listening. And, you know, another kid, the preacher's kid who got hit in the eyes, bleeding, comes, he fouls out, comes out of the game. They only got four guys on the floor. Guy stands up, wants to go back in the game. And he's like, where are you going? Right? That was a true benching. That's a benching, by the way. Not putting Russell Westbrook back in the game is not benching. That's simply going with somebody else. It's, it's, it's different. And uh, remember when Gene Hackman said this about his team being on the floor? My team's on the floor. <laughs> yeah. And, and I, I think Frank's going to be fired. I just do. Um, and he's... Hey, if we're going to go out, I'm, I'm going to show you who's coachable and who's not coachable. And if you, if, if Frank was going to be saved by LeBron James, LeBron would have to, he would essentially have to do a Jimmy Chitwood and say this. I play coach stays. He goes, I go. It's the only, only way because LeBron has that power. There's no question. He has that power. No question. And I kind of felt like Frank is a little like, like Spider. No, I, from, thought, I thought you said that you are right, Spider. Right? Now you remember Sp- Sp- Spider? Spider was he was he was getting everybody's stuff in Goodfellas while they're playing poker, and Joe Pesci's character was giving him crap all the time, and everybody's demanding Spider do this, Spider do that, Spider can you do this for me, Spider can you do that for me, and then finally he stands up to Joe Pesci's character and he says this. Why don't you go yourself? Right? And everybody's like, whoa, Spider, at a boy, Spider, at a boy. Right? Finally stood up for himself. Frankie Vogel finally stood up for himself. Hey, why don't you go after yourself? Why don't you Russell go Westbrook, yourself? Right? You guys know what happened to Spider afterwards. Yeah. Rest in peace, Spider. That's Frank Vogel. Finally stood up for himself. Finally was like, you know what? Russell Westbrook doesn't want to take bad shots. The crazy part about it was Russell Westbrook was 5 of 17 from the field. Four of six from three. A terrible three-point shooter actually makes his three-point shots. Can't make anything else. And, you know, Rick Buecher came on earlier and he's like, look, he wasn't the only one not defending. I mean, Carmelo's awful defensively. Kind of you go through the list. LeBron is, there's a reason LeBron was a minus 20. Whatever he gives you on offense, he struggles with the matchups on defense now. But you only take a Russell Westbrook out and leave him out in that situation if you're saying, you know, why don't you go after yourself? It's a throwing around. If I'm going down, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to coach. I'm going to do it my way. And ultimately just like spider stories don't get leaked where like uh, Chris Haynes from Yahoo sports saying um, no personnel changes coaches going with the team to Orlando for now. Right. It's not a case of if Frank Vogel is going to be fired, but when as who actually replaces him, but what a mess. And I, I think it, 
it look, it paints a truer picture for what Russell Westbrook has to have been like on some level in Oklahoma city has to have been like on some level um, in, uh, in Houston has to have been like, he, he can be as beloved as he want in, in Washington, but they're cackling over that trade that they pulled off. And, and, and please don't say, oh, well, Hey, they, he didn't have anybody with him in Oklahoma city. He had Paul George with him. Couldn't get out of the first round. You know, couldn't get out of the first round. They did get out of the first round with the Rockets when they were in the bubble, and then they got embarrassed by the Lakers. I, I mean, if, if, if there's accountability needed, LeBron on some level has to be accountable for making this decision because I didn't like the fit. I never liked the fit. I understood the, the, the philosophy, like, hey, we need somebody else who creates shots, but Russell is not really a shot. Cre- it's a lot more of a product of having the ball in his hands a lot. And you can't play with LeBron that way. LeBron needs the basketball to be LeBron. Anthony Davis needs the basketball to be Anthony Davis. And people talk about how much better they'll be defensively, how much better they'll be defensively it, when they have Anthony Davis. They will be, but they'll be even more dependent on Anthony Davis to get the basketball and Russell's still going to be kind of in the way. But this was a this felt like a everything coming to a head it felt really really ugly it felt like frank had had enough had had enough of russell being uncoachable russell not doing what because it's it's totally fair to say he's not the only one who's letting karis lavert go crazy and karis lavert goes by him to the right it's the he goes by him and does kind of nothing it it had to be some of the reaction it had to be some of the personal stuff. Could they, could it galvanize them? It could, but if it was a galvanizing moment, LeBron would have said it was a galvanizing moment. LeBron didn't say, Hey man, this is a galvanizing. This should be a wake up call to all of us. You know what LeBron said after that answer? He said, I guys, I'm going to go take my wife to a movie. Like I want nothing to do with this thing. This is a mess. You guys figure it out. Frank Vogel's going to end up like Spider. Hey, way to go, Frank. Way to stand up for yourself. And sorry about losing your gig. Sorry about that. All right, coming up next here on the Doug Gottlieb Show on Fox Sports Radio. Um, Max Crosby was on the herd. He said something really interesting. I'm going to play it for you. We'll react to it as far as the future of the Raiders. And then we'll get to the big discussion about the Raiders and who they might hire. That's coming up next. Be sure to catch the live edition of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. Fox Sports Radio. Check out the latest lines from World of Sports and BetRivers Sportsbook. BetRivers is the trusted name in online sports betting. Must be 21. President in Colorado, Illinois, Indiana, Pennsylvania. Play gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Um... Max Crosby was, he, he said this with Rich Eisen yesterday. He said this today with Colin Cowherd on the herd. Take a listen to Max Crosby talking about Rich Passaccia, the special teams coach who is the interim head coach with the Raiders. You know, I've said it many times already. You know, Rich, Rich is my pick. You know, if it was up to me, he's a great leader. Um, he's a leader of men. He's somebody you look forward to, you know, seeing every morning um, and just getting to work with. You know, he's, he's a great coach, you know, from top to bottom and, I think he's earned the right. You know, we won t- uh, 10 games this year with all the, you know, all the things going on in our building. We still found a way to stay together and win. And I think that's a big, uh, you know, reflection of, of Rich. 
I, I don't think that'll, I think it carries some weight. I, you know, once you fire the GM and Mike Mayock, you kind of start moving on no matter how much the players like him. It feels like it's Jim Harbaugh's job. Jim Harbaugh has said or leaked out that he'd take the job. Uh, Peter King joins us, NBC Sports, and of course, Football Morning in America. He's a legend in, in covering the National Football League. Um, let, let's let's start with the Cowboys. It it looks like they're going to stick with Mike McCarthy. Troy Aikman came out and was pretty critical of a young offense coordinator and Dak Prescott as a quarterback. What do you see the Dallas Cowboys looking like next year, Peter? Well, I think the biggest question about, you know, everybody saying, oh, my God, don't bring McCarthy back. Uh, what exactly are the alternatives right now? What would make you feel better? Would it make you feel better to uh, almost vengefully get rid of Mike McCarthy? Uh, and look, I'm not saying he's Vince Lombardi or Bill Walsh, but when you make a coaching change, you know, that really upsets the apple cart in an organization in so many ways. You got to get a new staff. You just, you're casting your fate to the wind. My opinion about this team is that they've got to spend the off season drilling down on the penalty problem. They've got to stop crying which they did for the last month of the season about penalties. Stop crying. There are officials in every sport, in every game. Just cut it out. And then I also think that, look, I, I don't want to make too much of this last play of the game, but Dak Prescott shouldn't be looking for his center on that play. He should be looking for the nearest official. And I realize there wasn't one right next to him at that precise moment. But play cannot continue until an official touches the ball, you know, mostly the umpire. But I, I, I just think, I think that Dallas has gotten into, and McCarthy needs to stop, he needs to nip this in the bud. He really does. That's part of the head coach. Stop whining about the officials. Uh, is Ezekiel Elliott a Cowboy next year? I think he is because I think Dallas believes that one more year of, uh, you know, Pollard and Elliott as the two-headed running back is the best way to go. I think they went away from the running game too early and too often in the wild card game against San Francisco. The the Raiders are interesting because Derek Carr became kind of the unquestioned leader. Max Crosby uh, has come out and he's openly opining for Rich Bisaccia. Yeah, um, he supposedly you know went into you know Mark's office and said that that's our that's our guy. But when you move on from a GM that was only there because of uh, of of John Gruden, it becomes likely that you hire a new GM and hire a new coach. Um, is it is it Jim Harbaugh's job, which? You know, once it leaks out there, he he'd take it if he was offered. It feels like that's him saying, "I want it." What do you think happens in Vegas? You know, look, I think that Mike Mayock clearly uh, really, really liked how Rich Bisaccia calmed the crazy waters uh, in Vegas, and Bisaccia really did do a good job. Uh, and so. I don't think it would be the biggest injustice in the history of interim coaches if he didn't get the job, but 
I would agree with the guys who say that, and the women, who, whoever is analyzing this, who would say that uh, Bisacci deserves a chance. But Mark Davis has always liked the billboard. You know, he's always liked, uh, you know, the famous, you know, the Raider way. Let's let's go big. Let's go big. So I think he believes that. You know, uh, hiring Harbaugh, if he can, and I have no idea right now at this moment if he can. I'm interested in the fact that there's quite a bit of noise about it, and both Harbaugh and the Raiders are being very quiet. That says something to me. But I don't know if he would take the job. I don't know if the money's going to be there. You hear all these things about the Raiders being low on cash. Um, and, uh, you know, we'll see if that's true. But, I think in an ideal world, Mark Davis would love to put billboards up all over Vegas with Harbaugh's face on it. Yeah, no, I mean, that's, I mean, look, he, he went and hired the highest paid WNBA coach for the Aces, you know, and he, he goes and gets a woman who was, you know, up for NBA jobs. And he, he loves that, that name thing. He, and, and look, that's a little, it's a little bit of Vegas thing with the, with the billboards. But the truth is that if you're good, they'll actually show up regardless of who the coach is. But again, you and I don't think like Davis does. Mark Davis does his own, his own thing. Is, is Derek Carr definitely there next year? Well, that's a really good question. You're going to have to tell me who the GM is, who the, uh, who the head coach is. I would think that Derek Carr would be back. I would see no reason, no good reason why. I mean, we all know Derek Carr is not perfect, but he's a damn good NFL quarterback. I would stick with him. I think one of the biggest questions about the Raiders right now is this this organization needs to be a football organization. And look, with Mike Mayock, you know, he's an absolute total football nerd. Right. And and I think that's one of the things this organization needs right now. One of the reasons I think Basaccia would be good is because, you know, you get the emotion out of it. You get the you get the starriness out of it. All you're thinking about is football. And so but you know, again, we'll see how Mark Davis ends up here, but I I would I would like to I would have liked to have seen Mayark Basaccia and Derek Carr all come back. It's Doug Gottlieb show on Fox Sports Radio. The legendary Peter King, our guest here on Fox Sports Radio. Um, okay, uh, look, I, I've been a fan of Kyler Murray, and I think you can easily say that no matter how much NFL people want to take shots at Cliff because he didn't win in college, like, look, the guys that won in college can't win the pros, so maybe the adversity he went through in college better prepares him for the pros, and they've gotten better every year. They didn't have their best running back. They didn't have their best offensive player in DeAndre Hopkins. But it was more how they looked. I mean, Kyler Murray looked completely lost. I mean, I, I, I just, Awful. yeah. Um, what, what, what is everybody in the NFL? Is that, is that Kyler's ceiling? Is that Cliff's ceiling? What happened Monday night in L.A.? I think Kyler Murray has to look himself in the mirror and say how possibly in the biggest football game in my life, could I be incompetent? And he was. You know, that throw out of the end zone for the pick six was childish. I mean, I I don't know what else to say, but you see it on the playground with a bunch of eight-year-olds. 
it, it was it was it was foolish. And, you know, it was incredibly costly. And so, look, I, I like Kyler Murray. I think he is a very exciting quarterback. And about midseason, I would say Kyler Murray absolutely is in uh, the top 10 of NFL starting quarterbacks. And, and, and uh, you know, he's obviously uh, ranging upward. But I wouldn't say that now. You know, they played poorly after Thanksgiving or whenever it was after December 1st. And, you know, they really need – Kyler Murray, I think, needs to look at himself and say, why did I make those mistakes? You know, Paul Burmeister, my buddy at NBC, I do my podcast with him every week, and he made a great point on the podcast this week. And he said, if you watch that on replay, you will see – that the guy who burst through the line is the only guy rushing the passer on that play for the Rams. You know, it was basically one guy and the line couldn't handle him and Kyler Murray couldn't figure out a way to escape. And it just, you know, he's got to go back to school on what he's not doing well right now. Peter King, our guest on the Doug Gottlieb show here on Fox sports radio. Um, okay, now we have, I mean, I, we have a couple of unbelievable football games. I got I got yep. I got I got a theory for you. Okay. Maybe a hypothesis because it hasn't been proven yet. Okay. I think that in addition to trying to run it back and win another championship, the fact that the Buccaneers, now there's only one team with a bye. I think that's ultimately going to be the, what, what ends them. Right. Because, yeah. you know, Worfs is now hurt. You know, they're, they're down two of their top three wide receivers because Antonio Brown, you know, uh, pulled his own ripcord. They'll probably get Fournette back, but they're going against a Ram team that but they can if, get after if the Fournette. Let me interrupt you and just say if Fournette is 84% instead of the real uh, January Lenny, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm not, I, I will see what he is, but anyway, sorry to interrupt you. No, no, you're, you're, you're the guest. You're, you're, you're way more entitled. Um, okay. So doesn't this, it feels like that game where if you can get to Brady with four, he's always been a different guy. Anybody is, but especially yeah. Brady, that's what feels like it's coming. And then you, you compound it with the fact that the Rams have cracked the code for getting Odell Beckham jr. To be back and being a, an avid part of the offense as the number two option. I, I don't know. I just, I feel like this is, this is when the Tampa thing comes to an end and honestly not getting the buy is probably the, because Worfs would be healthy Fournette would be, would be, he didn't play last week, but you'd have Fournette back. You might've had a better chance and they, they didn't. And having to play, even if it wasn't competitive last week, I think that takes something out of them. It's a really, really interesting theory, Doug, and I'm, I had not given it one bit of thought, but now that you say it, I'm thinking about it, and it's interesting. I, it, just in my opinion, the team that played on Wild Card Weekend that basically is the most damaged going into the next game, and look, we all want to love the Niners, but, you know, is Bosa going to play after the concussion? Uh, you know, is Fred Warner going to be okay after the sprained ankle? Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo, who already has a debilitating thumb injury, how bad is that shoulder? I mean, at some point, you're not the same team as you were. And I think you make this point 
look, all I can say is if Tristan Wirfs isn't there, and and I, you know, Tristan Wirfs was my all-pro right tackle sure. you know, when I voted this year. And I think he's the best right tackle in football. He is the best player on their offensive line. Without him, that's a gigantic loss, especially for an immobile quarterback. So we'll see how much it matters. But also, remember one other thing, Doug. <laughs> You've got the Rams on a short week yep. flying 2,500 miles to play uh, early Sunday, 10 a.m. body clock game. So, you know, you could also look at it that way, too. Fair enough. Um, okay, Niners, you mentioned. You know, we think of the Niners as a team that that's the perfect style. But not only are they damaged, this is the healthiest the Packers have been all season long. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And they're at home. And they kind of, you know, they reconfigured themselves after getting embarrassed twice by the Niners two years ago. Like, A.J. Dillon changes them. They've changed. Yeah. They still give up. They still get gashed in the run game. Um, I don't think this is as even a tilt as many would lead you to believe because of the Bosa. Like, Nick Bosa yeah. was the MVP of the Super Bowl, you know, up until, uh, you know, Pat Mahomes made a couple of plays late two years ago. I, don't, right. I, I, I love the Niners. I'm not a buyer because of those injuries. Where are you? Yeah, I, I kind of agree, except, you know, Debo Samuel isn't hurt. Yeah. And Debo Samuel is, what is he, Pistol Pete Maravich? Or he's something. I don't know what he is, but he's, he's just an amazing uh, different flavor to that offense. So, and, and look. I think one of the other things that people haven't really mentioned is it looks like Randall Cobb is going to play for Green Bay. Sure. And I I have to tell you, there's something about Aaron Rodgers. He loves comfortable players, guys he's comfortable with. And it was Aaron Rodgers who this summer, you know, basically nudged Brian Gutekunst and said, hey, I, I really want Randall Cobb back. Let's get Randall Cobb. And look, they got him from Houston, I think, for a six. And he hasn't been great the whole year. He's been hurt a lot. But he's made a few plays. And him being active in this game, he is the one player who I think could really give Green Bay an edge in this game if the game is close late. Yeah, and and remember, Marcus Valdez-Scantling, he hasn't practiced the last couple days. So there, there's yeah. a need. There, there's a need for another guy, opposite opposite Devonte Adams. Okay, what about Bills Chiefs? I mean, oh, Josh Allen. You know, hey Doug, I have to tell you, I got I got to tell you this that so I'm writing my Monday column, my Football Morning in America column. It's like it's 3 a.m. I'm in my apartment in Brooklyn. I'm just kind of finishing up, and an email comes into my box with the odds. You know, the lines on the four playoff games. And I look and I say, Oh my God, the Buffalo bills are dogs next week. And I mean, I don't know in my 38 years covering the NFL that I ever saw a team play a more perfect playoff game. I'm sure we could think of a couple, but that, you know, Josh Allen was perfect. I thought Brian Dable called a great game. Uh, Sean McDermott had his team so ready to play their arch rivals. Uh, it was the high school against the JV team. 
And 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 they're underdogs at Kansas City. I said who they already I beat guess this year. I get it because who they already the beat this year. Factor, but it's isn't. I mean, I'm not saying I'm shocked that Kansas City is favored at home, but after watching the games last weekend, isn't it absolutely bizarre that the Bills are underdogs? Yeah, yeah. No, it really is. You know, it's equally bizarre. Like, I mean, we had Keith Bullock on, who was a great player for the Titans. But yeah, there is zero buzz about the Titans. They're the one seed. Yeah, they're going to get the. They're going to get arguably the best running back back in football. You know, and and they've had success against the other two teams in the AFC, not in the playoffs against the Chiefs, obviously. But isn't that interesting? That I think most people think the AFC Championship game is this weekend in Kansas City, and yet the one seed is rested and getting Derrick Henry back and getting ready to take on the Bengals this weekend. Yeah, I get that. And I think normally I would be kind of outraged by the one seed, by the lack of respect, especially because they beat San Francisco and Miami down the stretch. But I'll just make this point that, and, and this is in no way dissing the Titans at all, but this is a team that was four and three down the stretch Yep. that lost uh, comfortably at Houston, I think by nine or ten points, got creamed by the Patriots, and lost in Pittsburgh. So I want to I want to sit here and say, oh, this is outrageous that they're not getting any respect and all those games are without Derrick Henry and all that. I get it. But the other part of this sort of lack of respect is that how – Frigging exciting is Joe Burrow right now. You know, one of the one of the coolest stats I've ever had in my column is that in the last five games, Joe Burrow's passer rating of one twenty nine point four is better than any five game stretch of Joe Montana's career. And you know, what, what this guy is. It, this is exactly what Joe Burrow did in his only great year at LSU. He just exploded onto America's sporting conscience. And, and, and you know, he goes into Alabama and he says, hey, Nick Saban, you know, I'm going to throw against you all day. And he did, and he won the game. So that's, I think that's one of the reasons why some people aren't really in love with Tennessee because they're in love with Joe Burrow. It's a great point that he's fun. He's fun. Their turnaround is amazing, right? I, I've done, I got to do play-by-play a couple years ago. When they, when they bottomed out, they played the Saints. Saints didn't punt. And statistically, oh by week, I think it was week 14, Peter, they were statistically the worst defense in the history of the National Football oh League. God. That was two years wow. ago. And and look yeah. and and what they've been able and it's not like they're they're going out spending a ton of money they do it from within I mean this this guy who people were saying don't go to Cincinnati right whatever you yeah. do don't go there hold out make a trade you and an Ohio kid comes home and they're fun and they're talented they're good yeah I, and look one of the one of the things about the Bengals that's so interesting it just bodes well for the long term future Burrow is whatever he is. 24 or 25 years old and he's got he's got this thing Doug and as somebody like you who would understand this you know because you played big time basketball 
there are some guys who you just want on your team yep. because they don't take any S yep. at all. Yep. And you want them because when it gets tough, you know that they're going to win. And I'll take you to one very quick play of Burrow's season. Fourth and five against the 49ers in December, game on the line, and they're down at about their 50, uh, the 49ers' 15-yard line. He gets flushed out of the pocket, throws across his body, and just flings it about 35 yards in the air, and he finds Jamar Chase an inch off the white line at the back of the end zone, and it's a touchdown. And they lose the game. They force overtime, but I just said, that might be the best throw in the NFL this year. And just, he doesn't care. He just thinks, I am going to win this game every time he plays. Peter, thanks so much. Enjoy this weekend. Can't wait to read the column on Monday, and uh, we'll talk soon. Thanks again. Thanks so much, Doug. Pleasure's all ours. That's Peter King. Follow him on social media. Read Football Morning in America. Uh, Coming up next, an outside-the-box idea goes down the drain in Major League Baseball. What is it? Find out next. Be sure to catch the live edition of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific. Mike check. Mike check. check. Do you want exclusive insight from the biggest names in the sports game? What's good? This is national champion and former pro baller Chris Johnson. And let me tell you a little bit about my new series, KJ Live. KJ Live is the only show featuring me going one-on-one with the brightest basketball minds on the planet to get the real. And when I say real, I mean that real. I got legendary Hall of Famers, elite coaches, and the top basketball insiders bringing you a unique perspective on all things hoops culture that you will not find anywhere else. To make your next move your best move and tap in with me on KJ Live, wherever you get your podcast from. Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. Hope you're having a great, 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 Great day. Let's get to the press. The press. And of course, the press is brought to you by Bet Rivers Sportsbook, the most trusted name in online sports gambling. Bet Rivers Sportsbook. Head on over to betrivers.com. Dan Byer, what do you got? Doug, one of the things that we could do if you, one of your eight teams is not in the postseason is you look ahead to next year. And what a lot of people do is they look at their opponents. And you look at individual teams and who they are going to play the next season. Well, the NFL today officially sent out their release on how scheduling will take place in 2022. Uh, Don't know the actual schedule yet, but we do know the opponents and that specific new 17th game. So this is how it's going to play out. AFC West will be at the NFC South next year for that 17th game. AFC North is at the NFC East. AFC East is at the NFC West. And the AFC South is at the NFC North. So what that means yeah. is when it comes to Kansas divi- City, Tampa, Kansas City's at Tampa for the yep for the division winners. Okay, so, so that means Raiders. I guess Raiders get who Saints, um, and then the Chargers. I just did the get- top. I just did the oh, top okay. seeds, but I oh, okay, did not, yeah, yeah, no, no, okay, sorry, right. I was doing too much. My yeah, segment, it, yeah. but that's okay. No, I'm yes. kidding. Uh, Cincinnati's at Dallas. The Bills are going to be at the Rams, and Tennessee is at Green Bay. So those are. Uh, the uh, the number one matchups that we have okay. featuring that's not going to be too bad. Fun. So yeah, Fun. yeah, I think that KC Tampa Bay of a rematch of last year's Super Bowl and their regular season game. Bills at Rams should be pretty good as well. That seems like a nice prime time affair. Uh, it was a good idea while it lasted, but Major League Baseball has stopped the Tampa Bay Rays from pursuing a plan that would have 
uh, have the team split time between St. Petersburg and Montreal, Canada. Team owner Stuart Sternberg called the news deflating, but says the team will now continue to look in the Tampa Bay area at options for a new stadium. So they're going to move to Nashville, right? <laughs> that could be the case. I love the outside the box thinking of like we'll I, be, I did, yeah, I, yeah. I, you know, I mean, it's just a it is it's a very random Montreal and Tampa. And they both, I've heard they both have great strip clubs. That's oh, oh, interesting. I do know I was going to say, and I don't know if they're connected. Mons, Mons Venus is the famous one in Tampa, and I've been told, I, I've never been to Montreal, great strip club. <laughs> uh, the, uh, the road trip that so many broadcasters liked in Major League Baseball back in the day was Montreal. I don't know if that was the reason for it. LeBron James has overtaken Steph Curry for the most votes Yay. in the NBA All-Star game. Uh, the... Uh, Starters of the Western Conference right now in the front court, if it came down to these votes, LeBron, Jokic, and Andrew Wiggins, while the backcourt would be Steph Curry and John Morant. Eastern Conference front court. Wait, Andrew Wiggins be a starter on the the Western Conference? Third in voting right now. Roger that. Uh, That makes zero sense. Front court players. Canada just... Canada pumping the, the <laughs> maybe box. maybe they all got drunk at like, the Montreal look, Strip Club. I love Andrew Wiggins in this role. I told people when he was traded, like, you guys are all looking at Andrew Wiggins as a star. It's like, no, but if he's the fourth best player, he's great, right? He's just not a guy who carries a team. But he's not the he's not an NBA All Star. I don't care about the NBA All Star game, but that one's that yeah. one's weird. Yeah, and uh, DeMar DeRozan continues to lead the uh, backcourt players in the East. Kevin Durant and Giannis and Joel Embiid, the top vote-getters in the Eastern Conference for the front court, and that's the press. Hey, get out there and press! That was the press. Wild, wild, wild day. Lakers aren't going to make a change for now, which means they're going to make a change. When? Keep it tuned here. This is Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio.